Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We are absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called Prayer First. And we've asked you to invite someone. So if you're our guest, thank you for being here. I'd like to say thank you for uh, Ken and Margie for being here from the subway down at 155 here. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here as well. They are our friends. I visit their place all the time. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's good to see every one of you here. We're glad that you are here. Today, as we uh, begin our uh, series, we're going to begin a series on the Lord's Prayer. And today we're talking about the prayer of recognition. I wanted to start today by just telling you that, you know, my heart is very heavy this morning because of uh, the shooting in Oregon this week. For the first time, we've had these shootings before that have happened, and it's a tragedy every time that it happens. But this time, it was very blatant that the day that it was 10 Christians were selected out and executed in America. They were called out for their faith. They were, they, they were said, you know, who are you a Christian? And those that admitted that they were Christians got up and were ex the guy executed them. We are in a time in our, in our culture and in, our, in history that, that persecution like we've never seen before is happening here in America. And so we have to pray. The Bible says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and call on my name, he says, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. I want you to know the issues that we have today are not something that can be straightened out by another jail cell, by, uh, you know, by the army or the police. The issues that we have today are spiritual issues. And that's why we're reminded to pray, that we have to pray. Listen, there's no more of this now lay me down to sleep prayers. The people of God have to get serious about prayer. Amen? Amen. And so today we want to talk to you. I want to teach you how to pray. So this morning, I, when you come in, you should have received a bracelet. I have mine on here. It says, Prayer First. Everybody get one of those. I hope you got one. I want you to wear it for the next six weeks. Because what this whole series is about, it's about teaching us to remember to pray first. You know, most of us pray last. We want to pray first. And, and, and listen, parents, you have to pray over your children now. Grandparents, you have to pray over your children and grandchildren. There's no guarantees, even though we live in America. We need God's protection more than ever before. Amen? And so today, we're going to stand on the name of Jesus. So let's, 
let me just say this to you as we get started. As I, as I start into this series, I want you to know if you're going to pray and you're going to have impact, and by the way, how many of you would like to learn how to pray a prayer that you know that God would hear? Let me see your hand. Okay, great. You're at, you're at the right place. But this is what I want you to know. As you begin to pray, you have to have this certainty in your life, and that is this, is that God cares for you. God cares for you. God, let me just say this to you. God, God, does, God cares about you. God, uh, God believes in you. Now, God is not happy about, you know, he's not happy about the bad things that's happened to you. God's not happy about the bad things that, are, that you have done, but God cares for you, and God is for you. So God's not for the bad things that's happened to you. He's not for the bad things that you've done, but he is for you. As a parent, I can tell you, you know, that my children have done things that I don't approve of, but that doesn't mean that I'm not for them, right? And as my parents, I did things that they weren't proud of, you know, and they weren't pleased with, but that never meant that they wasn't for me. And I want to just tell you that God is for you today. So, as we look at this, I want you to stand because we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. So would you stand up with me right now and let's recite the Lord's Prayer together. It's coming on the screen behind me. You ready? It says this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily breads. And forgive us our trespasses, our debts, I'm sorry. Give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's say that last word together. You ready? Amen. 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 You may be seated. As we begin to learn to pray here, Jesus did something amazing. He taught us, he said, okay, the Lord's Prayer is not something that's just to be recited in a setting like this. It's not something just to be recited at a funeral or at a wedding. It's something to be, it's a pattern to pray. His disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so, right before we get into the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gives us the do's and the don'ts of prayer. The do's and the don'ts. And look what it says in Matthew 6 and 6, it says this. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to who? Your Father. Pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will do what? Will reward you. So according to this verse, there's two things that you do. The first thing is this, is you go to a place to eliminate distraction. Eliminate distraction. In our culture today, if I were to ask you, do you pray... I'm sure every one of you would say, yes, I pray. But let me just say this. You know, when you pray, you're driving the car or something. Or you're doing something else. Well, the problem with that is this. Is that God can hear you, but you can't hear God. Because you're distracted. So Jesus said that when you pray, go find you a place, a quiet place, and get there and pray. Now, the good news is, it didn't have to be, you don't have to be there an hour you don't have to be there 30 minutes, but you need to find you a place every day that you can spend five or ten minutes uninterrupted, undistracted, that you can talk to God and he can talk to you. Amen? So he says, do that. The second thing of prayer is this. 
And so we find a place to eliminate distractions. The second do is that we expect God to answer. Many of you today, your prayers are not being answered because you don't believe that God hears you. You don't believe that God, God's going to answer your prayer. And that, the Bible says you, it takes faith that moves the hand of God. You have to believe that God hears you and that he's going to respond to your request. And when you do that, Jesus said, those are the dues of prayer. You find you a place, eliminate distractions, and you expect God to answer. Expect him to answer. The don'ts of prayer. In Matthew 6 and 7 and 8, Jesus said this, and when you pray, not if you pray. <laughs> Listen, if you're a child of God, he's expecting you to pray. So when you, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Would you read these next five words out loud with me? Ready? Here we go. Do not be like them. What is a pagan? A, a pagan is a person that doesn't even believe in God. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you what? Before you ask Him. So here's the don'ts of prayer. Don't keep on using meaningless words just to try to fill a time gap. In other words, if you set a goal to pray, you say, well, you know what, I'm going to pray, you know, 15 minutes. Well, if you, you know, after five minutes, if you're done, you're done. You don't have to keep on going, 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 you know, saying words that you're not even thinking about anymore. You know, and I know some of you were raised that, if, you know, if you didn't pray an hour or 15 minutes, you wouldn't get through to God. No, you say what you've got to say and you're done. That's what Jesus said. He said, don't keep on doing that. That's the donor prayer. Also, don't pray to impress God or others. Some of you don't pray because you say, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to, because you try to mimic somebody that you heard years ago pray, and they pray something like this, Thou art dearest, O greatest heavenly Father. Thou art the greatest goddess I've ever heard of in my lifest. I don't know. You, don't, you try to make it King James, right? Now, it's just as silly as that was to you, that's how silly it is to God. It's not from your heart. You're trying to impress God. You don't want to impress God when you pray. He says, listen, come from the purity of heart. If the only thing you know how to say is, oh, God, help me, he gets it. You know what I'm talking about? So don't you, some of you are embarrassed because you think, well, I can't pray like the pastor, and I can't pray like, well, I've had a lot of practice praying, praying in public. And sometimes those prayers I pray in public are, are meaningless because I'm only thinking about the people there. I'm not thinking about God. But you listen, you come to my, you come to my house at 6 o'clock in the morning now you hear me talk to God because I've got to get on my knees and I've got to, matter of fact, I've, I've got a spot wore out over the last 12 years where I've knelt down and I've got a recliner up there that I put my elbows in and it's got just about holes in it. Rhonda told me I've got to get another one. Well, I call on God there. I tell him exactly what's going through my heart and mind. And that's what Jesus said he wanted you to do as well. So, these next four words that are coming up here, I want you to say them after me. Would you say these words? They're on the screen now. God is for me. Would you say that? God is for me. Now, this is what I want you to do. Would you take your pointer finger and just point it toward me? Everybody, come on, everybody, keep it toward me. Now, what I want you to do is this. I want you to say, God, go up, is for me. Okay, 
Now, when I say our Father this time, just a second, I want to say our Father. And when I say our Father, I want you to say, God is for me. Now, everybody participate. You ready? Here we go. Our Father, God is for me. He's for you. Again, he's not for the bad things that's happened to you. He's not for the bad things you've done. But he is for you. you, you if you don't believe that, you won't pray. God is for you. He's for you. So that takes us into the first thing. Here we go. How to approach God confidently by remembering four things. The first thing I want you to write down is this. Number one, the God of heaven is a good father. Would you write that down? Is a good father. Jesus goes, he opens up this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and he says this. In Matthew 6 and 9, this is then how you should pray. Would you read those words that are underlined with me? You ready? Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. See, this, when Jesus said this, it was life-changing for people. Because in Jesus' day, everybody believed that, you, you know, they were scared of God. Because of, there was times that God brought judgment on people, and, and, and they were scared. They were even scared to say God. They wouldn't say it. They, they avoided God's name altogether. And then Jesus come along, and that's why God had Jesus come anyways. God had Jesus to come so that we could see what God was really like. And so Jesus come along. He said, now when you pray, I don't want you to just, worry, just say God. I want you to say, our Father. Whoa, this just, everybody in this culture is like, whoa, what do you, our, yes, our Father. He said, I want you to pray that way, our Father. You see, when we pray our Father in heaven, this is what we do. We understand that when we say our Father, this is what we understand, that our Father has all power. You agree with that? That, that our Heavenly Father has all power in heaven and earth, right? He, matter of fact, He can do anything. There's nothing too big for God, right? Do you believe that? He's got all power, but this is what I want you to know. Jesus said, hey, when you're saying, Father, you don't just address the authority figure, but you also address the love with that power. Hello, did you see that? Many of us sitting in this room, we've had people to, uh, that were over us and had authority over us that abused power. And so we have a problem with authority figures, but I'm telling you, our good God, our good Father has all power, but His love controls that power. Aren't you glad about that? I'll tell you why you should be glad, because if his love did not control his power, you'd be dead by now. Do you agree with that? I mean, there's some things that you and I have done, both of us, all of us have done, that God wasn't pleased with, and if his love didn't control his power, he would have zapped your hide. You'd be graveyard dead. But his love controls his power. And so when we approach him, we don't have to be afraid of him because we always know that his love is always going to control his power. It reminds me of how this power and this love work. I, I was reading a book a couple of months ago called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And he tells the story of a couple by the name of Wayne and Diane who were actually... Uh, trying to have a child, and finally they conceive. And they begin to pray over their child before they were born. Matter of fact, at night, Mark would lay, uh, Wayne would lay his hands on Diane's stomach, and he would begin to pray, God bless this child. 
And so they, they, you know, they decided they were not going to try to find the sex of their child out. They were just going to leave that to God. And so they started praying about names. They said, God, give us a name for our child. We don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. Give us a name. And so they started praying. And so they wrote down in their journal, their prayer journal, on, in the middle of October, 1983, God gave them the name Jessica. So they wrote down the name of Jessica. They said, okay, well, maybe it's going to be a girl, and her name's going to be Jessica. And so they continued to pray. God, they prayed over They began to pray. They said, God, would you bless our child's spouse? Lord, bless them and, and help them to be the person that you want them to be. And so they kept praying. In December, they all of a sudden felt like that God was impressing them with a boy's name. They were confused, the name Timothy. So they wrote down the name Timothy. So they had Jessica and Timothy. It's like, we don't, we're, God, we're still confused. But sure enough, on, uh, in May of 1984, uh, uh, Diane delivered a, a healthy baby boy by the name of Timothy. And so it was like, okay, God, you've answered this prayer. Timothy is healthy now. But so they were a little bit confused because they had the two names. But lo and behold, on May 2006, Timothy walked down the aisle to give his life to a woman that he had met of his dreams, and her name was Jessica. <laughs> What's amazing about that is Jessica's birth date is October the 18th, 1983. Isn't that amazing? You see, here's what I want you to know. They quit praying for the other name after they had their child. But I want you to know this. The prayers that you pray that are according to God's will, even though you quit thinking about them, they're still working in heaven. And God is still going to answer prayers that you have quit praying. Amen? Because he's a good God. He's a good father. He's a good father. So, I want you to know this good father. You see, you can't love him until you know him. And some of you are so interested, you're so scared of him that you're afraid to get to know him. You're afraid that he's not going to like you. He's already made decisions that he's going to like you and he loves you and God is for you. You got that? So you might as well get to know him. And the way I want to encourage you to do that is I want you to read the, the New Testament with me. I'm asking you to make a commitment to read or listen to the New Testament by December. So I want you to start now, and by the end of December 31st, I want you to have read the New Testament with me that you get to know God. And by the way, we have an app for that. Uh, you can download our app, and you can listen to the Bible. So ladies, while you're getting ready, God's on your way to work. You can turn off the bad news, turn on the good news, and you can get to know this good Father. Now what I'm asking you to do is on the back of your connection card, you say, Pastor Jeff, I will do my best to have read the New Testament by December 31st, I want you to check it on the back of your card so that I can pray for you. Okay. So, how to approach God with confidence? Here's the second thing I want you to remember is this. Number two, the Father allows immediate access to himself. Would you write that down? You see... You can pray anywhere, our Father in heaven. You can pray anywhere. No matter where you're praying, you have immediate access to Almighty God. And here's the deal. You physically cannot travel through space into heaven and deliver your prayer request. You can't do that. But I want you to know, just because you don't travel does not mean your prayers don't travel. Your prayers, you know what? Your prayers travel fast. Matter of fact, 
We know what the speed of sound is, is, is like, and we know what the speed of light is like, but there's some speed that you don't know about, and it's the speed of prayer. It's faster than the speed of light because the moment the thought crosses your mind, it goes right into the throne room of God. Isn't that amazing? At the speed of prayer. The psalmist said this in Psalms 139 and 7 and 8. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. He was saying this, that listen, you can get on a spaceship and you can go out, out into outer space and you think you're a million miles away from Almighty God. He said, I want you to know, the higher you go, the more I'm going to be there. And you could get on a submarine and you could go to the depths of the ocean where the deepest spot in the whole ocean and God says, I'm there too. He says, wherever you go, I will be there. You just call out on my name and I am your Father and I I will be there. Amen? Isn't that good news today? In the world in which we live, isn't it great to know that God is with us? This, uh, Colossians 1 and 17 says this, He is before all things, and in Him all things do what? In Him all things hold together. When you feel you can't hold it together, You've got to remember it's not your job to hold it together. You've got to remember this, that listen, some of you, you see, it's God's job to hold everything together. It's not your job. And when you're trying to hold your family's life together, it's not your job, and you're playing God, and you're going to go crazy. When you're trying to hold your kids' lives together, when you're trying to hold your friends' lives together, when you're trying to hold your co-workers' lives together, when you're trying to hold it all together, you're trying to make sure everything aligns up, you are playing God, and my friend, that job is too big for you, and you're going to end up messed up. Some of you right now, the best thing you can do is let it go and let God. Amen? Trying to hold it all together yourself. You are not God. It's not for you to hold it together. You see, your job is to trust and pray and let God make a way. Did you hear that? Most of us spend our lives trying to make a way, and we quit praying, don't we? Now, your job is to trust that God's got it and that God's going to bring it together, and you just let God do his job. And it changes everything. changes everything. I read a, uh, I come across a story once upon a time to where there was a, a guy that had a little bitty, uh, uh, his son was about uh, five or six years old, and he was, he was trying, to, he was staying at home that day, keeping his son, he, and his son's about to drive him crazy because he's trying to do work at home, and he couldn't get it done, so he thought, I'm going to do something to help my son get, me, get his attention and get him busy on something else so I can get some work done. So he opened up a paper, and he saw a newspaper, and he saw a globe there. So he, he cut out some pieces of that globe and gave his son some tape and said, Now, son, I want you to go put this puzzle together. Put the picture of this globe together, and then come back to me. And he thought, okay, that's surely going to buy me at least 30 minutes or so. Within five minutes, his son come back in there and had that globe taped perfectly together. And he said, Daddy, here it is. And his daddy was like, Are you kidding me? He said, I have a genius for a son. How did you do this, son? And the little boy said, Daddy, it was real easy because on the other side there was a picture of a man and when I put the man together, the world came together. 
when you get it together, the world comes together. And it only comes through prayer. When you give it to God, that's how you get it together. It only comes through God. And some of you today, you're just fighting it. You're trying to hold it all together. Let the world go. Put the world in his hand. Would you say these four words out loud with me? You ready? Come on, they're coming on the screen behind me. God is for me. Would you say that one more time? God is for me. Come on with some confidence. You ready? God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. Number three. How to approach God confidently? Remember this. You can have a meaningful relationship with the Father. You can have a meaningful relationship with the Father. Now, as Jesus begins to teach us how to pray, it's interesting to me. I, I just love the Bible because it, it's, it just is it just, so interesting to me. Jesus could have said, okay, now, now when you pray, I want you to pray this word. I want you to pray, my Lord, instead of our Father. You could have, he could have said, now start off the prayer with my Lord, which would have reminded us of how great God is. But he didn't do that. He said, say our Father. He could have used these words. He could have used the word, when you start your prayer, use the word master. Because in Jesus' day, a master was a master teacher. In other words, he would guide you. He could have used those words, but he didn't. He could have used the word. He said, now, when you pray, he could have used these words. He could have said, say the word shepherd. Because the word shepherd implies that he has the power to rule us, and he has the power to guide us, and he has the power to protect us. But he didn't say that. He said, no, when you pray... When you pray, I want you to use the words, our Father. And the reason being is because he wanted to remind us that we are his children and that he loves us. He didn't want us to be, he didn't want to think of us as a taskmaster or only someone to just come to in trouble, but he wanted us to know that he loves us. And he gives us special permission to, uh, to approach him. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever met these people that had an angry spirit or angry personality? You ever met, anybody, anybody know anybody like that? Okay, yeah. Well, if you can't raise your hand, you're probably it. <laughs> these people, you know, you met them to where every time, you know, maybe it was an employer or somebody or maybe it was a parent, but they had a, an angry spirit, and you just hated getting in their presence because you knew they were going to take your head off, right? You ever been there? And some people are unapproachable because their personality or their spirit. And some people have an angry spirit. And many of you sitting here today, maybe that was your father. Maybe your father was, was an, had an angry spirit or, or a hateful spirit. Or, or maybe your stepfather had an angry spirit or a hateful spirit. Or maybe it's your grandfather or someone in authority. And so, therefore, you struggle going to God because of their spirit. You equate that to God. Some people have an angry spirit. Some people have a lying spirit. Some people have an aggressive spirit. Some people have a hateful spirit that repels us, right? Here's the good news. God has a peace-filled spirit. His personality is peaceful. 
In other words, have you ever been around those people that are peaceful? Their, their personality just invites you in, doesn't it? It just makes you want to be around them. You just like them. And you can't, you know, you can't wait to be around them. You get the happy feelings. I want you to know that God himself has a peace-filled spirit. And then we pray, our Father. When you say, our Father, you can feel the peace. Would we, can we practice that right now? I want you to just say those words, our Father. And I just want you to sense that peace of God. You ready? Come on, one, two, three. Our Father. Come on, one more time. Our Father. Our Father. Feel the peace in that? Not you idiot! Our Father. He's the good Father. He's a good father. This is our memory verse, Romans 8 and 15. It says this. God's spirit doesn't make us slaves who are what? It's peace-filled. Some of you today, you're scared to death of God. You don't have to be. God is for you. God doesn't give us a spirit that makes us a makes us slaves or afraid of him. Instead, we become his children and call him our what? Our father. Our father. I read an old story a while back about an old emperor, a Roman story, that how this emperor had been out to battle, his troops had been out to war, and they won a great victory. And so they decided that in coming into town, which was usually there was a victory parade. And as they entered the city, the, the crowds were there. They were, you know, lined for miles. And, and the crowd not only was lined for miles, but it was, it was several people thick. And they were cheering as the emperor come in because the emperor brought in before him were the spoils and the trophies of battle that he had captured from the enemy. And behind the emperor were the, were the uh, people that were in prison, the, the enemy that had been defeated. He brought them back in as well. And his troops were behind him. And everybody was cheering for the emperor. It was a big parade. But back on the other side of that line of people was a little boy who was about seven or eight years old who saw what was going on, and he began to fight his way through the crowd. I mean, he began to sh shuffle his way and be rude to the people, and finally he makes his way through the crowd, and he's getting through the crowd. He's about to break and run and join the parade, and right then there's a big guard that grabs him and says, Son, you can't go out there. Son, don't you know who that is in that chariot? Son, that's the emperor. And the little boy looked back at the guard. He said, sir, in that chariot might be your emperor. But in that chariot is my father. That's my daddy out there. And I want you to know that many of you today are approaching God like that. He's somebody else's God. You know, he's up there, but he doesn't like you. No, I want you to know if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you walk in today and you say, my father, our father. He's my father. How about you? He's my father. Today, you may be here today and you don't have a relationship with him. You can't say that. I want to tell you, the way you do that is you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's a prayer right here on your program. A 
a prayer to become a Christ follower. Look what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness that I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray today, if you pray that prayer, and you mean it in your heart, you can, he can become your father too. You see, God created everybody, but not everybody's got children. So I want you to pray that prayer. And if you do that, I ask you to check it on the back of this connection card, the box that says, I'm, becoming, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that I can pray for you and send you information. And those of you that are, are watching online, I ask you to just simply email me and I'll send you some information. He wants to become your father. Okay, that takes us to number four. Would you repeat these words with me? Remember, let's say it together this time. Let's say our father... And then I want you to say, God is for me. You ready? Here we go. Our Father, God is for me. Come on, use your pointer. You ready? Our Father, God is for me. Come on, one more time. Our Father, God is for me. And that's what Jesus was wanting you to remember when you start the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, that means God is for me. Number four is this. As a child of God, you never approach God alone. I'm fixing to blow your mind. Would you write that down? Then I want, to look, I want you to look at me. For me, this was an issue for a long time. Because I, can, I could understand that God saying, okay, when we're in a group like this and we're going to pray, I could understand him saying, all right, you know what? Let's pray. Okay, our Father. So if I'm, if I'm with you, then I have to pray, all right? Our Father. But he said when you pray, he was thinking about more by yourself than in a group. So why in the world would God, why wouldn't Jesus say, okay, why don't you pray my Father? But he said our Father. And I, I didn't understand that for a long time, but I think I've got it. Are you ready for this? The reason that he says, I want you to pray our Father is this is that if you are a child of God and you just prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart and you're living for Him, guess what? Guess where Jesus is at? Right here. Here's, here's the news. Watch this. Every time that you pray, you can say our Father because you never go to the Father by yourself. You know why? Because Jesus goes in with you. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? That's great news. Here's why. Here's why. Watch this. Because there's sometimes that i got to confess some things that I'm ashamed of. And I know how the Father feels about those things. But when I go into the throne room, the God is the judge, but guess who's my defense attorney? His son. My defense attorney is related to the judge. I think I'll win that case every time, right? Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? So when you say, our Father, when you go into heaven, when you pray, the Bible says that, that Jesus goes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, he's interceding for you, and he's saying, God, now I know Jeff messed up right there. I know, but he's got a good heart. He's confessed his, my blood has covered his sin, and he's in right relationship with you. God, why don't you answer his prayer? Isn't that good news? Oh, man. Watch this. The Bible confirms what I'm... See, you think I'm messing with you, but I'm going to tell you, look what it says right here. Ephesians 2 and 18. For through him we both, Jew and Gentile, thank God for that, have what? Access to who? 
to the Father. <laughs> Through Him, we have access to the Father. Today, I want to ask you to do something with me. We're going to have communion. Before we do, I want you to do, before you put your cards there, I want you to do something with me. On the back of your connection card, I'm going to teach you how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to break it down for six weeks, but on the, it says, I will do my best to attend the rest of this series as much as possible. Would you check that card so I can pray with you? Because the devil will do everything in his power to keep you away because he don't want you to know how to pray. So would you do that with me? I'm going to invite you now to just remain seated. Our worship team's coming. And they're going to lead us in a song. But what I want you to do at this point is I want you to just begin to examine yourself. Prepare yourself for the Lord's Supper. We're going to partake that in just a moment. Would you do that right now? I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link top of the web browser and there's many ways that you could give there again thank you so much for joining us today it is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel god bless you